The Bible is more than the history of God. It's His story. And here to show you how God can contribute to your story is your host, Barbara Culver. Hi, everybody. Can you believe this is December? Here we are, almost at Christmas time. This is the month we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He left everything in heaven, all his glory, all his power, all his majesty, to come and live on earth just like you and me. And that's hard for a lot of people to get and understand. And I understand that because I didn't understand it before I come to Christ either. Heavens, I didn't even understand it after I gave my life to Christ for several years. It took me a while to study scripture before I really understood what really happened at his birth. But here we are, 2023. I hope you've had a blessed Thanksgiving. I apologize to those who might listen to my podcast on a regular basis that I did not make one last week. I simply forgot it. And I know that's no excuse to the Lord, but I did. And it's done. And he's forgiven me. And I hope you will too. Today, I'm going to go to the book of Matthew, which is the first gospel that is shown in in our Bibles. And it's the first thing that you come to. To understand about the Gospels. We have four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now remember, before Christ came, God had prophesied to all the prophets in the Old Testament that this was going to happen. In fact, when you read Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, he doesn't talk about it's going to happen he talks in the present tense that it had already happened and that's the way God does in scripture he talks always in the present tense never in the past revelation talks about the future but most of scripture talks about just the present you see all you have is today yesterday's gone And you're not promised tomorrow. So all you have is this one moment in time. And what are you going to do with it? Matthew was a tax collector. He was the Jewish descent. But he was hated by most people. Well, all the Jews. Because tax collectors in those days took more than just the taxes from the people. Anything that they could gain from them was theirs. That's how they made their living. 
was of poor people. Huh. Sounds familiar today, doesn't it? But it's interesting that Matthew is the first gospel because he starts out his book with this verse. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, from the end of Malachi in the Old Testament to the beginning of Matthew in the New Testament was 400 years that God did not speak to anybody any of his people that doesn't mean that god wasn't there because he was he's always everywhere but it simply means he did not talk to people like he did in the old testament you don't want me in your life okay i won't be in your life but when it come time for god to fulfill what he had talked about in the prophets prophets prophecies that's kind of hard to say he made a point to know that he wants you to know the genealogy of christ number one he was the fulfillment of everything that god had told his people in the old testament He was the fulfillment of the promise that he gave to Abraham. And when it talks about being the son of, it doesn't mean that he was his son. It meant that he created him. He created you. He created me. But he was there at Abraham's creation. And he was the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. The promise was that all nations would be blessed through Abraham. Then you come along, he was the son of David. Well, what does that mean? God had promised David that his throne would last forever. And there would always be a throne of David. From the lineage of David comes Jesus Christ. And you say, but he wasn't born of man. No, but God is very interested in family. And he had to make Jesus come to a family. He wanted him to know how it felt to be born, how it came out of that womb and into the world and he breathed life into him just like he does you and me oh friend if you would only learn that jesus knows exactly how you felt as a child i'm sure his siblings was always going on about oh he's the favorite one because he never gets in trouble i remember my daughters talking about that she never gets in trouble well it's because she watched the older one get in trouble and she didn't want to do that 
So she made it a point not to do the things. But the older one didn't have anybody to look at. She just was winging life. And I guess I was winging motherhood. And didn't know anything about life myself. But you see, Jesus did. Jesus knew Abraham. Jesus knew David. He was right there with God the Father when God anointed David as king of Israel. And there was always going to be a throne for the Jews. But Jesus is the forever throne. Nobody can kick him out and he will never die. Wow, that's pretty interesting. But Matthew goes on and he gives the lineage of all of the all of Jesus's ancestors through Joseph because God picked Joseph to be his earthly father although he did not have a role in his birth he played a role in being the father of Jesus Christ and so the lineage for the Jews had to come down through the line and it's always been interesting to me always because i remember a sunday school teacher many years ago told us that the reason that god told the people to not intermarry with other nations was they had to keep the bloodline pure well i was young hadn't really studied a whole lot in the bible was just learning so I took it for granted because this man I considered as my earthly, heavenly father. I could go talk to him about anything, and he would always give me scripture to help me. So I respected everything he said, and I thought it was true. And then here one day I am really studying Matthew and I come upon two names. And by the way, they were women names. And usually in genealogy, in the Jewish faith, they only list father's names. They never list mother's names. But in Jesus' genealogy, there are two women that are given in his genealogy. Ruth and Rahab and I went neither one of them were Jews they were both Moabites well then that can't be right that the bloodline had to be pure because the bloodline wasn't pure so I had to go digging and this is what you have to do in scripture when you don't understand something, you start digging and finding out the history of it. And come to find out, God didn't want the Israelite people to intermarry with other nations because they would more than likely turn away from him and turn to their the mate's idols, false idols. Because God says, I'm the one true God. 
And I just always thought that was really interesting. You know, and back in these days, women were not of any value to, to men. The only value they had was to give them a son. And I suppose to cook their meals and clean their house. And there's some people that believe that today. That's the only value a woman has. But God and Jesus saw women in a whole different light because it was God who used Esther to save the Israelite people from being murdered. It was God who through Ruth's mother-in-law developed a love for God and it spread to Ruth and Ruth desired to be like her mother-in-law and she went back to Israel from the land of Moab. It was God who led Rahab to understand that the Israelite judge, excuse me, God was the only God and she had heard all these stories about how he had defeated the people. And she believed. You see, you don't have to be of a certain nationality, a certain color, a certain gender. God wants you all to believe in him and to trust him. But when you read the book of Matthew chapter 1, you see how God went down through history to get to the point now it was time for his son to be born into this world so that he might experience life as a human. And you say, but he was fully God and fully human. And that's very true. But you also read in Matthew that it wasn't until Jesus, well, he went to the temple at 12 and he was reading scripture and teaching scripture and he knew who he was. He just didn't have power to do anything in miracle wise other than read scripture. And they were amazed at 12 year old knowing all of the scripture. But it wasn't until he was baptized in the river Jordan that as a man, the Holy Spirit come upon him as it did on all people that was used by God in the Old Testament. He came upon him and at that moment, Jesus began doing everything that God said do, just like he always has. You see, God speaks, Jesus carries it out, but it's the Holy Spirit that has the power and gave the power to Jesus as a man to do the things God intended him to do while he was walking this earth. He knows your sorrows. He knows your frustrations. Oh man, did he get frustrated with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and even 
in his hometown, the people there, he said, I can't do anything here because none of you believe. Everybody just saw him as a carpenter, his son. They didn't see him as the son of God. But the time had come. And later, we find that today, there is a time coming when God says, enough is enough. And it's time, Jesus. Go get my people. That will be an amazing day. I hope it will be for you. If not, you're going to be looking around and say, Where's this person? Where's that person? Where's my friend? Where's my mom? Where's my dad? Where's my siblings? If you don't know Christ. So if you don't know him today, just cry out to him. Jesus, I need you. I know I've sinned. And I need your help. Come live with me today. And I promise you, life will never be the same on this earth or in eternity. We'll continue with the life of Christ this month. And I hope you have a very blessed week. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Love others as you love yourself. Laugh a whole lot. Laughter is good for the soul. And until next time, bye for now.